I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh. Yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was gonna love me? Who, who was gonna make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and there's no hum. And my name is Colin Drucker, and there's no hum. That was what I was going to say. <laughs> you should have just screamed it. I know. Air, I know. know. I should have just screamed. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Miranda Bailey. Oh, my gosh. And I April mean... Kepner and Christine. I mean... This is the episode. Yes. I mean, this is really like there was a lot of broccoli you had to eat last week to get to dessert this week. And yes. uh, because indeed we are folks, we are wrapping up our our month of the BSAs of the early days of Grays with the second part of the season six finale, the death and all his friends episode, which is the conclusion of the active shooter storyline AKA your worst nightmare. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's okay. And I I appreciate your um your sort of description of this episode like, you know, it kind of there's still some climax and some uh very stressful moments, but it definitely was not as stressful as the first one for me. Mhm. Yeah, I I you know, even watching it again, I was like, "Oh, was I talking out my ass?" It's like, "No. I mean, there's there's some high tension moments, but it's not that same like surprise nurse is dead kind of thing, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just that build up, but yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but this is also indeed uh, where there is so much actressing, so much like so much actressing, so much actressing. I know. I feel like all these women are going to be, uh, they're a shoe in for the Westons this year is all I'm going to say. Oh my God, the Westons. I mean, we are going to have to figure out how to recognize, you know, all of these ladies. I mean, certainly, I don't think we had like a best meltdown category last year, but I, yeah. I, and I'm shocked. I mean, I think we maybe had talking through tears, but uh, yeah. indeed, indeed, uh, Chandra Wilson is going to be a stiff competition, though everybody's a winner at the Westons for best meltdown of 2022 for us. I just, and I know it's season six, it's like, it, it's past the point of that initial, you know, like it won best like drama at the Emmys. And I, I don't know if it was their second season or third season, whatever it has to be. But then it kind of, I don't want to say plateaued in a way, but it plateaued in the sense of like, it wasn't getting as many nominations to my recollection. And it's such a shame because this is the episode for both Christina Yang, you know, Sandra Oh and Chandra Wilson. I just, I can't believe that these women don't have Emmys. Yeah, I, show. I I hear you. I was looking this up, and I feel like the Emmy, Emmy nomination stopped for them. I feel like in season five, I Ugh. I feel like in season six there were like it was like oh okay they're just you know make way for 
Modern Family or, or whatever. Yeah, you know? Breaking Bad. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So and maybe yeah that that would be an interesting thing to look at. Is there's so much like in terms of Emmy wins and nominations, like as like not just like prestige television like HBO, which obviously has been getting awards and nominations for years, but like then streaming, which I think is like one step closer to more like movie like TV shows, like as they took over the category and these like network shows just got pushed out. Like, I wonder if there's any truth to that, that like over time it was just like, sorry, girl, it's Netflix's game. Yeah. I mean, this is us was still kind of trying to peek through. I mean, they've been sort of consistent, it's the closest thing I can think of to yeah. Grey's Anatomy, you know. And mm-hmm. it, did you? Speaking of which, on topic but not on topic, um, did you know that the Emmys this year are on a Monday? What? A Monday night. They're September twelfth, and I even Googled it twice to, just to make sure. And if you want to, if you want to check my work, just in case, I was. I don't know why. I um, mean, maybe the Sunday. Uh, maybe September 11th is just spoken for. You know? I was just going to say, that's the only thing that I w- could think of, but I I just never thought that that would be that right. a reason to change it. You know, I, I, um, I yeah. found that was so crazy, but just wanted to say that for folks because I, I knew they were coming up. So I looked it up today and I feel like I maybe sent it to you in a text or maybe the group chat or something, but maybe I, maybe I made that up. I think you did. Cause I don't remember getting that text, yeah. but I, but that also means that the Emmys are coming up in like two weeks. Yes. Or a week and a half, really. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, I mean, you know, not to trivialize things, but there is that sense of like, oh, I mean, September 11th, never forget and all that. But like, I feel like lots of things have happened on September 11th in the past 20 years or so. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's not the reason. That's just like a hair trigger response of, oh, well, September 11th, you know, I mean. Yeah, it's probably just some programming thing exactly or something yeah yeah but you know something to look forward to on a monday yeah you know i mean and now that you know uh as we were talking about off the mic now that i might be kind of a free agent just a part-time podcaster again mondays don't exist for me anymore so yeah you know what's a tuesday yeah so uh together it's all just a, a mishmash of uh you know it's like Good I know times. my I know my days by like okay what am I watching at seven a.m. with a bagel is it Beverly Hills is it a new season of Drag Race like what am I, I that's how I know my days now like Thursdays yep. are Beverly Hills days that's how I know it's a Thursday yes I don't think I watched did I watch last week's episode I think I did they skipped a week so when oh. when this episode comes out I think the Aspen episode will be out but last week they skipped a week oh okay well that that. So did I. <laughs> so there we yeah. go. Yeah. And and I'm like completely fucking lost because I was like, well, did Thursday even happen? You know? Yeah. So, uh, but I know that today's Wednesday because we're recording Best Supporting Podcast. Here we are. So I know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I am. <laughs> I know who I am. I know what's like going Leo on. like Leo and Smash. Mom. Mama. <laughs> Give up your dad, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> That's the phone, Leo. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> Um, anyway, let's get, let's get down to brass tacks. Cause we've got to wrap up, uh, this incredibly dark story at, at you know, uh, Seattle grace. Yes. Um, if y'all remember from the end of last episode, it ends with Derek being shot by Mr. Clark. And as you know, we were talking about it and I was saying, Oh, he like, you know, they're on the catwalk together. And I don't know if that was just like drag race recaps slipping into this discussion. 
I feel like what they were on is a catwalk, or should I just call it a bridge? Is the catwalk too distracting? Yeah, I would say a bridge, but I like catwalk too. I, I didn't yeah. Christina even tell Mr. Clark, and then you like go across the catwalk, and then ooh, I don't know, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm trying to justify something that nobody cares about, but sure. I just I needed to name it. Uh, and as we know, Derek was shot because poor Dr. April Kepner came running out when she shouldn't have, and I guess kind of revitalized Mr. Clark's rage. And despite, you know, and I'll, I'll say this, I did watch a bit of season seven to kind of see how this all wraps up. And it is really interesting to hear these two characters talk about that moment later um, without spoiling things. Like she basically apologizes to him. And was like, you know, I'm the one who got you shot. And he was like, no, uh, that Mr. Clark came to the hospital to kill me. I got everybody shot. And Ugh. so I was like, oh. I like that too. Okay. Um, Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) Uh, But in the moment, uh, Mr. Clark points his gun at April. And, you know, much like in the first episode, she's got a bit of a a panicked monologue. And in this episode, she gets another panicked monologue that we're going to listen to right now. Oh, yes. My name name is April Kepner. I'm 28 years old. I I was born on April 23rd in in Ohio. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. My mom, my mom is a teacher and my dad is a farmer. Corn, corn, he, he, he grows corn. Their, their names are Karen and Joe. I have three sisters. Libby's the oldest. I'm, I'm next. And then there's Kimmy and Alice. I, 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 I haven't done anything yet. I haven't, I barely lived. I'm not finished yet. No one's loved me yet. Please, please, I'm someone's child. I'm a person. I'm a person. Ugh, Grandma Goobies. When she goes, I'm someone's child. Ugh. Ay, ay, ay. I mean, like, I think she talks about it maybe later this episode where she was like, you know, when you're in one of these situations, like trying to appeal, almost similar to what Derek was doing the last episode, but in a much more, a much less kind of charming way, but trying to appeal with someone to someone as a human being and like trying to remind them to see you as a human being or someone's child. Yeah, she saw it on Oprah. Ah, well, God, you know, I'll tell you. At Oprah, she's going places. <laughs> yeah, one of the best things I ever did in high school was not have any friends in the first two years and then go home and watch Oprah with my mom at 4 o'clock every day. <laughs> I mean, you and Keon would have so much to talk about. He, he said many times, he's like, I'm so glad you met me after my Oprah phase because he truly is an encyclopedia. Uh, an Oprah, I'm trying to like, Oprah-pedia? And, I don't know. And, and encyclopra Yeah, there we go, yeah. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> Too much. Too we much. Tried. We tried. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, what a great tip. Right? I, mean, I know. I, I And this is really interesting because there's a great bookend to this towards the end of the episode. So I, I script writing wise, I also think this is a great way to open the episode. Um, just an, an acknowledgement of uh, Sarah Drew, who I was not familiar with. And I don't think we played Jag or No Jag with her last week. Oh, yeah. Jag or No Jag. Yeah. Jag, uh, Jag or No Jag with bonus round, was she in ER ever? So yeah. uh, what do you say? Let's play a little Jag or No Jag. Was she ever in Jag? I would say no. She's a little too young. 
Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, do you think she ever had like a one episode or two episode arc on ER? I mean, she was born in 1980, which is actually older than me, but by, not by that much. Um, I will also say no. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Uh, though I'll say a credit of hers, and I don't remember. It looks like she did a few voices, but I know uh, she at least did one of the voices on Daria. Do you ever watch Daria? Yeah, I mean, not religiously, but I caught a couple episodes. Yeah, I think she she did the voice of one of Quinn, Daria's sister's Queen. friends. Quinn. Um, <laughs> oh, Daria. Uh, so yeah, I she played she did the voice of Stacy Rowe. So I thought, oh my god, and you were you did Daria. So uh, someone had messaged me on Instagram uh, and had said that she apparently has like a, an incredible character arc in season fourteen, and I was like. 14 there's more you know i mean season 19 starts in like a month it's insane that's crazy keon could not say enough about her and like that she's one of the best actresses in the show maybe not the best character but i mean i i I would also say like maybe one of the the characters that just like has the she gets a lot of these moments and i mean damn this was i mean everyone's incredible it's hard to like really pick out the best but as far as like the pure terror and panic and it truly felt like she was in that situation yeah i mean she really just lets loose in in this monologue and that one from the first episode i i really like her and that this uh this i must say person i was like say listeners seem so reductive and i don't know if people want me to name them but anyway this you know listener slash person slash human being who had messaged me on instagram had was also singing her praises of just how nuanced she was. So I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued. I mean, again, I did watch a few episodes of uh, season seven and I, uh, I was hooked. I was like, shit, I can get sucked into this. This is, this is troublesome. I know. I think it's just like, you get to a certain point with the show where you just kind of naturally drop off. Cause you know, the original core group is gone or died or, you know, transfer to another hospital. And then you mm-hmm. just sort of, but then, it's almost like, I mean, not to make a Roni reference, but like seasons five and six are kind of like those weird wonky seasons. And yep. then they pick up in season seven when Bethany and Dorinda join and it just hits its stride again. And I think that's kind of, I mean, season seven, uh, maybe it's the same thing. May, well, uh, put a pin in that. Yeah. We might talk about that later. Okay. I, I, I might, that might be something to talk about. Uh, so remember that. I can't wait. Well, Mr. Clark tells her to run, and so off she goes. And at that point, we also see the SWAT team moving in. And, uh, you know, and De- I think Mr. Clark basically just abandons Derek, believing that he's just going to bleed out on the bridge, the mm. catwalk, if you will, sure. however you want it to be. Uh, Christina and Meredith have retreated to the supply closet again, which I think was smart. But Meredith wants to go and check on Derek and she's panicking and Christina's like, you'll have to go through me. And I got to give it to Meredith. She throws Christina across (laughs) the room and just storms out. And I loved it. Same. I also loved it. Who wouldn't do that? If your husband got shot, I'd be like, fuck you. Don't Uh care. Oh, yeah. If that was, I can't even say the name. If that was Marco or Dev from Smash, <laughs> I would throw Christina, like, all the way into the into the Puget Sound to get over there. <laughs> I don't know how far that is, but I'll throw her. 
<laughs> it was so perfect. It was like comical in a way and also like so effective. Yeah, it reminded me of in the last episode when she threw up in the bucket when Yang oh, yeah, told her right. that the shooter was- A lot of good scenes in that closet. Yeah, yeah, right? It's like the new elevator. Good things happen in those yes. supply closets. Uh, meanwhile, Owen and Teddy are bringing their patient upstairs and Teddy, and I got to say Teddy and I, we did play, uh, uh, Jag or no Jag with her. And I believe it was a no Jag. I like, I don't think I like Teddy. I think I find like, she's no Addison Gray. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, maybe a knockoff brand. I, I, yeah. That's a fair assessment. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think I talked to Kian about her character at all, but she does seem like someone who we wouldn't necessarily, like she's not part of the main pack, but I don't know. And especially when she comes in between like Christina Yang, you know, and well, we're always going to root for Christina. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And there, oh, there's some, some there I, were some I scenes in the, where yeah. I was, in, the, in the next uh, season where I was oh, like, oh, okay. oh, but you know. We'll talk about Christine as well this episode. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Teddy feels like this is a good time with a shooter in the building. This seems like a really great time for Owen to decide whether he loves her or he loves Christina. And uh, I feel like finally someone in this fucking hospital, when given a pick me, choose me, love me option, is like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. I'm not an option. Don't pick me. Pick each yeah. other, you know? Yeah, I my note for this is like, I don't think I would be so casual with this conversation. I would be so terrified to be walking in that hallway that I would not be able to think about anything else knowing that I could get shot at any moment. Right. Like, I can't believe you're even thinking about this. Like, and, and that's, I was just like, this is ridiculous, but whatever. But, um, yeah, it's a TV you know, show. Yeah, they find a dead doctor on the floor and suddenly things get real again. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Richard is outside talking to the dad from my so-called life, Tom Irwin. Yes. And I re- I realized that we definitely did not play Jagger No Jag with bonus ER with Tom Irwin. So oh gosh, I feel like we got some good chances here. I feel like so. Let me let me you know let me place myself. All right, are you ready? Was Tom Irwin ever in Jag? I'm gonna say yes. Let's see. Let's see. Let's. I mean, fifty-fifty shot, right? I mean, he was in four episodes of Grey's Anatomy, so, uh, and he was in an episode of Private Practice playing a different character, which is pretty Ooh. nuts. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't Addison be like, you know what? I, I remember you from the news. You were the chief. Oh gosh, yeah. That's like the Jeremy during... Jordan being on the billboard. Yes. In season one of Smash. Level right. Of right. Weirdness. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, your answer was yes or no was in Jag. It was a yes, but I feel like it's a no. Unfortunately, he was not in Jag, but the game is not over. Was he ever in an episode of ER? I will also say yes. Ding, ding, ding. Nice. Yes, he was in one episode in 2005. He played uh, Gabriel Milner in an episode called The Providers. There we go. So, uh, and you know what? While we're here talking about Richard and, and the dad from My So-Called Life, let's talk about James Pickens Jr., uh, who plays the chief. Let's do it. Oh, he's what? so handsome. He is handsome. I'd love to see what he looked like when he was younger, because I feel like he has aged oh, like yes. wine, and I can't even imagine. Uh, yeah, he's broad shoulders. Oh, oh, my God. He's cute. By the way, I also, from watching ahead, found out that Adele is not dead, but going into season, and Richard is not retired. He's just a surgeon, so he's just not the chief anymore. Oh. And I guess has a lighter schedule so he can eat breakfast. <laughs> 
<laughs> at 10 a.m. In that uh, green polo. In that green polo. And I can see his undershirt lines. Oh, <laughs> oh I want to touch them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and Adele's not dead, but I believe in season seven, I, I think she has been developing Alzheimer's. And so oh, she I does see. eventually, I believe, pass away. But so just to clarify, you know, uh, Adele is not dead. Uh, but that is not the question at hand. James Pickens Jr., was he ever in an episode of JAG? I'm going to say no. Well, you're unfortunately incorrect. He was in two episodes of JAG. <gasps> wow. He played Commander Wallace Burke in 1999. Good for him. Yeah. But the game is not over. While he was in JAG, did he ever do an episode on ER? I'm going to say if he was in JAG, he had to have been in ER. He's making the rounds. He's got to be making the rounds, right? All right. Well, I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. And I don't think he was ever in ER. I am sorry to tell you that. I, you would think he would have gotten his feet wet. But unfortunately, no. So uh, wow. he was in 10 episodes of Beverly Hills 90210. Okay, that counts for something. Does that make you feel good? Okay. Sure. Uh, all right. Well, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I didn't mean for that to be a series of losses, but I'm glad we all know now. Um, yes. So while they're out there, they, they start to hear the 911 calls coming in from other doctors in the building, a call in from Callie, from Bailey, and uh, – that's kind of the little heads up of like, oh, because later Richard's going to somehow just get into the building, but we'll get there. Meanwhile, uh, Meredith, they've got Derek on the, Derek's on the floor. Meredith is trying to stop the bleeding. She's begging him not to die. Christina runs to get in a wheelchair, and that's when she finds April. We get a bit of, you know, more Vietnam War, dying on the field, acting from Karev with Mark. And, uh, you know, he tells I, him to eat more bacon. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's one of those. It's like, well, if you're going to give these speeches, just then, I don't want to say just die, but you're giving, like, final word speeches, you know? Yeah, especially if they knew he wasn't going to die. Um, yeah, it's, I'm not as interested. I'm not looking to Karev for, you know, a, a Chandra Wilson level of emotion. Not that he's not right. a good actor. He does what he does, and he does it well. But um, it's just one more yeah. storyline. I'm like, get back to, get back to the, you know, someone else. I agree. This was the maybe the one I was I was least excited by. Um, but in the midst of all of this, Lexi runs into Mr. Clark while she's oh, going back I to Mark guessed. and Karev. Yeah. It was like the shining. Yeah. Right? And it was like an I don't know if you're gonna die on this episode or not. I didn't know either. Yeah. And Mr. Clark says, you know, I didn't mean to shoot all those people. I just meant to shoot Dr. Shepard and Dr. Weber and you. Oh, you know, because God. you unplugged the machine. And I was like Fuck! Here goes Kyler Lee. <laughs> I still, I try, Kyler Lee, Kyler Lay, Kyler Lee, <laughs> Kyler Chelsea Lee, lately. Uh, <laughs> well, in any event, Lexi braces herself to be shot, and you know there's a bit of a fake out, and it turns out that Mr. Clark was uh, shot by the SWAT team and injured. According to IMDb, the, in the goofs section, uh, SWAT team would never shoot to injure. They would just shoot to kill. So this may have been a bit of a, a, a TV magic moment. 
Yeah, also, that was my next note, is like, if they shot him once and Lexi was able to get away, why did the SWAT team just not come in and annihilate this guy? Seriously. I, I you know, because, yeah, she, like, it takes him a bit to get himself going and she's got enough time to dash off with that little candy cart, you know? <laughs> At uh, first I was like, fuck the cart, but I forgot that she needed it for Karev, too. Right, so right. I don't think I, I would even... <laughs> know what i was doing or what my name was at that point too god she was like i can't leave without my blankets <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh so uh yeah so she gets you know uh gets back to the room she tells karev that she loves him that this was all her fault uh which you know i only bring up because i think it's interesting that there are people who are like taking blame for all of this throughout like this in the next season of like you know well if i didn't do this then none of this would have happened you know yeah and I guess that's like a love triangle, like all three of those people in the room, like, because like Sloan is like looking, you know, kind of, it's almost like a, there's a lot of love triangles going on in this episode. And, and by that, I mean like two, but um, is that the case? Or did I, I make yes, that up? I think there is a love triangle. There is certainly more tension going on the next season. And it's interesting because I think part of why I'm not super invested in this part of this, you know, these stories, this episode is because both Karev and Mark are so cold and are so like, like they don't, they're, they're like the opposite end of George. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just like fuck boys in a way. It's like, it's, it's hard to take them seriously, even though, you know, obviously their characters evolve, but yeah, I'm not, not as invested. Exactly. Anyway, cut to the pediatric wing. <gasps> and I was like, I do not know what's going to happen because Arizona is giving a shot to Ruby in her back. Callie is trying to keep, this is the girl with the appendix and Callie is trying to keep her calm and then looks up and there's Mr. Clark in the goddamn doorway. My second gasp. I think this one was even louder. I was like, yeah. no. I just said, no, you gotta be kidding me. And uh, Sada Ramirez, I mean, the face acting she, they are doing yes. in this scene. Jesus Maria it's she is pure terror it is just absolute terror I um I'm, st I'm stumbling on the pronouns Callie she yeah they. that's all right it's a mix of both we're talking yeah. about a character and I mean I love that Arizona it's so interesting especially with like the mom plot line of how she doesn't want kids that she immediately like uh, turns into mama bear and just like covers the, the, the kid, the patient mm -hmm. without thinking, you know what I mean? I thought that was an interesting nuance and that Callie was the one to, she walks right up to him because he was, he's shot. I thought she, like in my mind, I would like to think that I would grab something like sharp and just like stab him or something like yeah. that. I don't even know what I would do, but like you can tell he was injured and she just gives him, um, some bandages and says like i don't know what she says that like the last thing that she, she says did. take them and go yeah take them and go which is it it's such like an it's as if she's like a hostage negotiator it's like because arizona says there's only children here and it's interesting like again trying to appeal to him of like whatever you're here to do there are only kids here is that what you're here to do you know yes. and and yet callie just like it's so like oh my god the 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 stark terror in her eyes. I was like, you are, but he puts out his hand, you know, for the bandages with a gun, just laying there in his oh, bloody yeah. palm. Yes, yes, yes. And part of me was like, just, just smack his, it hand. Out of his hand and then punch him in the face. You, oh my goodness. The, I mean, 
I say all this now. I'm like that asshole on the couch watching Drag Race. Well, I don't know why you did that, you know? Yeah, designing a dress can't be that hard. Come on. A hot glue gun is not that difficult to <laughs> yeah. use. This was I, this was just like such a great scene. And I was like, thank God he's leaving. You know, it's like watching a, a clip. I, I was just watching one yesterday of like, these girls were out for a, a hike and they had this little encounter with a little black bear and it was actually kind of cute. The bear was just kind of sniffing the one girl's hair and was kind of like swatting at her legs a little bit. But there was that moment of like, Oh shit, don't move. Maybe it'll go away. Maybe it'll go away. And like, finally it starts to go away and you're like, no, I really think it's going to go away now. I think we're safe now. And it was the same feeling of, as he was leaving, it was like, Oh, thank God. Okay. We're not going to do this. Arizona's not going to get shot while she's covering a child. This is not going to happen. It's fine, you know? Yeah, and I, I, I'm i thinking back to, like, what we just talked about in the previous scene about um, Mr. Clark getting shot. Like, I think he needed to be injured in some way in order for him to not still have, like, to slow him down a bit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, so that way he doesn't kill, like, everyone in his path. Because, you know, Mr. Clark, like, 10 minutes ago, pre-getting shot, would have maybe killed them both yeah right he was so much more brazen and but i think what's also interesting is that like he doesn't i mean i guess he he shoots the gun at least one more time but like by the end of the episode then he's also running out of bullets so there was also like it there could have been a moment of him like determining how many bullets he has left you know what i mean like if they didn't want to have him get shot you know what i mean to kind of slow down him killing everybody Yes, it's like one plus two plus one plus one. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, I guess that because really he doesn't know that Dr. Weber, well, he didn't get a chance to shoot Lexi. And those were the other, you know, he needs to save two bullets for them. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, because he ends up wasting one of them on Owen later. Yes. And and there is a brief scene with the dad from My So-Called Life and Richard outside and asking if Richard, if the name Gary Clark means anything to him. And that's kind of, I think, what you know, cues him of like, oh, I need to go run into that hospital and take care of this myself because I am the gorgeous, unaging James Pickens Jr. Yes, exactly. Uh, So uh, in the OR, Derek is on the table. Yang goes to find Teddy while April and Meredith prep him. You know, there's, you know, leave it to Meredith to, you know, make some stupid joke about like, oh man, this would just be the worst breakup ever. It's like, God, that is your worst fucking fear, Meredith. Not anybody dying, not you drowning in the river, but somebody breaking up with you. Yeah, it just, ugh, she makes me so crazy. I know, I know. I I was just like, you know, she has some great moments later, but there's also like, God, Meredith, it, you are true to character, whether I like it or not sometimes. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, she kind of reminds me of, like, I don't know. She's kind of adjacent to, like, Dr. Sloan in a way, too, just, like, cold and unfeeling. I feel like they should get together. Yeah, I know. I, I'm like, did they ever? No, I feel like it was always kind of a, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there might have been some flirtation there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, he eventually sleeps with her sister, I think. So, you sure. know. Uh, well, meanwhile, we're back in the room with Bailey and Mary and poor Dr. Percy, uh, whose packing is not stopping the bleeding, Ugh. and uh, Bailey decides they need to get him to an OR. Uh, you know, we cut back to Yang. I love this little moment where Yang and April are, you know, uh, off looking for tel- uh, Teddy in a sort of very creepy, empty hallway. And I just like this little, like, April's freaking out. She's like, oh my god, the shooter's here. He's here. And you know, Yang has just, Christina Yang, you know, you know who I'm talking about, has so many mm-hmm. great moments this episode, but I just love this little moment of her being very in control. 
And there's this sort of unspoken decision between Avery and Christina that, uh, and I know his first name is Jackson. I just like calling him Avery. Yeah. Uh, they decide that she's going to be the one to operate on Derek, which again is is sort of interesting writing, and in that she was the one who told Mister Clark where to find Derek, and now she has to save his life. I know. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So, you know, we're in the scrub room. Meredith asks Yang, you know, if she can do this. And I love this. I love when Christina's like, I'm very good. For a resident, I'm very good. Uh, but I also love that she's like, but you can't be in there. Like, I will do my very best work. But Meredith, I'm begging you to sit here and wait. And she's like holding her face while she does it. And I just, I love that. I love where she was like, the best way you can help me is to stay the fuck out of my way. Yeah, she said, I will do my very best work, but please sit down and wait. And then she turns to like scrubbing and there's like a single tear. I mean, I was just going to mention, I, I was going <sighs> to ask if you caught that micro moment where she like, smacks away that like it's almost her fa face is like just about to break. And then she like smacks the tear away and then like puts the mask on. It's so good. I love it. She's Ugh. so good. Ugh. you know, who cares? Karev thinks Les Lexi is Izzy. Yeah, uh, I'm like. Next. Whatever. Thank God the SWAT team enters the room at that point, and the floor is cleared, and they can be evacuated. This is at the point where the dad from My So-Called Life is distracted, and Richard just hopscotches his way into the hospital. There is, for a building that's on lockdown, two different people just scoot right in. I know. It's, it just seems like there's no one in this hospital. <laughs> yeah. You're, like, watching the door, you know? Yeah. Um, though we do hear, while we're outside, and this is, of course, important— uh, that the father, the dad from my so-called life orders that the elevators be shut down. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yes, yeah. So that was when he announces though to shut down the elevators. Um, so Teddy and Owen uh, get outside with the gunshot victim. They're cleared, and somehow Owen being concerned that Christina is still in the hospital is what tells Teddy that he chooses Christina. It's not just like a human concern for your fellow coworker, human right. being. Yeah. It's just like, okay, I get it. You choose her. It's like, Teddy, do you know what's happening today? This is not a drill. This is not yes. a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like, come on, girl. Like he, he cares for both of you, but like all, he just wants to, he wants to save as many people that he loves. Right, and right. I just, too. I, I re really felt like they, you know, given that it was the season finale, they really had to shoehorn, like, yeah, all right, Teddy and Owen are dunions, you know? Uh, and I guess her one last, you know, her moment of grace is that she st steps in front of a cop who just can't get past her and does a little dance with her while Owen runs back into oh, the Oh, yeah, building. right? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh you know, April is crying, you know, uh, while they're they're sitting in the scrub room and Meredith being Meredith tells her to stop crying because of, let's let's not forget this is all about Meredith. And I I took a little clip of this speech because 
there's a little there's a little thing in it that she does that I want to talk about. Yeah. Look, it took me a long time to find him. A long time. And even then it took me a long time to even know that I wanted him. To be married, to be his wife, to have his kids. And now that I realize that, he's lying on a table in there and my best friend's hands are inside his chest. You don't get to cry about that. First of all, Meredith loves telling people what they do get to and not get to do. You don't get to call me a whore. You don't get to cry. Uh, this is called Grey's Anatomy, not Kepner's Anatomy. <laughs> I Before you get into the nuance of what you liked about that, um, I, I call bullshit on that because, like, first of all, she's had a rough day. She, like, didn't she trip over that first gal who got shot in the closet? And then she had the gun pointed at her and she had to give her Oprah monologue. Like, you're not the only one that's stressed out here, Meredith. Yeah, I know. And I, even if, because I wasn't, I was thinking about that. Like, does Meredith, because then that's when April says, you know, Dr. Reed was my best friend and she died today. And I was like, does Meredith, did Meredith not know about that until now? I guess not. And she begrudgingly, like, holds her hand after that. She's like, fine. Right, right. Like, all right. I guess I'll give you a moment here. Um, so within this speech, and, and it's it's a bit visual, but she's going to do it later too, but you can kind of hear it too, is when Meredith starts to get a little choked up, and this has been like the Ellen Pompeo thing where she kind of like gets like this flat mouth and kind of like turns her face down and she's like, and now I, like, let me see, let me, let me find the moment. Hold on. Let me find the, like, I'll, it's, I think it's right here. To be his wife, to have his kids. And now that I realize that, he's lying on a table in there and my best friend. A table in there and then there. A table in there and then, yeah. She gets Uh, all garbly, yeah. Yeah, and she's going to do it later that I have a clip as well. But I wanted to name that because it's a throwback to the first time I noticed her do this in like season two or three when her mother was in the hospital and she did the whole, has the whole speech about like, you want to know why I'm so ordinary? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's it's. I love it. I love I love when Ellen Pompeo does that, and so I know. love that too. And frankly, I'm surprised. Maybe this would have been too much for Meredith to like that she didn't blame April for like, and he's on that table because of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right, Just right. Add, like insult to injury there. Yeah, right. It's. I, I guess that was you know maybe that was just Implied. digging too deep. But yeah, there's also that. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, Yang and Avery, Christina and Jackson, if you will, are working on Derek, and Yang realizes, oh, like the bullet is like right next to the aorta. It's this is you know this is not good, and you know Avery says you can do this, and I just I love this line. She's like, I know that. I just wanted it to be easy. Yeah, I, that is so. That's such good writing because I get what it's so like. I am doing the hardest fucking thing possible, and I just needed it to be not that difficult. You know, like yes. I. I'm, you know, climbing Mount Everest. I just needed it to not be Kilimanjaro or whichever one's taller, you know? Yeah, right? Yes, yes, um, yes. But they're both that. hard, you know? Yes. Uh, and it's this cool moment where she, like, Christina, like, suddenly is like, I, I don't know what to do. I, don't, I just, like, do I, you know, do I do this or do that? Do I do the clamp or the T-saw? Whatever, you know? <laughs> yes. it's, my brain just looks like, I don't know what they're saying. Uh and it's and she and she just has to kind of like do the math in her head of like, okay, this is what we're gonna do, and uh, I'm kind of guessing, you know. Yeah, I I can't imagine being a doctor, Jesus Christ. Oh um, God, no. But 
the yeah, needles. She finds a way. Yeah. Well, Bailey and Mary are dragging Dr. Percy on a sheet to the elevators. And Mary stays with Dr. Percy while Bailey goes to hit the button. And that's when she discovers that there is no hum. And uh, we have a clip because we, we, this podcast wouldn't exist if we didn't have this clip. But I'll, I'll warn you, folks, there's a lot of yelling in this clip. So, yes. uh, you know, prepare. But this is, I think, and there may be other me- scenes, but I think this is the most to a 27 this character like ever goes in the entire show or close to it. Mm-hmm. Dr. B? There's a hum. Elevators make when they're on. There's a hum. There's no hum. What does that mean? It means that elevators, they're off. The elevators are working! The elevators are waiting! Waiting to get to the alarm! Turn the elevators back on! Turn the back on! Oh, damn it! Turn the elevators back on! Please, 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 that man is here. Turn the elevators Please, stop, 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 please, Dr. P. What are we gonna do? All that you will Ay ay ay. What are we gonna do? What Dr. are we gonna B? do? I love that like that big oh damn it that she I know. does. I think that's like again, I haven't seen all 18 seasons, but I if I were to chart like the the most she has has gone to a 27, the most wrung out the rag has been for Bailey this whole series. I can't imagine it ever gets bigger than the oh damn it. I agree. It's it's just she's been holding everything inside and trying to keep it together for these two, and it just she reached her her uh, what's the point? What's the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The the floodgates are open. Yeah, yeah, say. her breaking point. Yeah. yeah, I love how like it's like who is she even yelling at? You know what I mean? And yeah. I love that there's that too. Like it's as if, as if she's yelling at like security cameras or God or whatever, but it's to nobody. It's, and I think that's, what's even more frustrating about it is like, as she's screaming, we need you to turn the elevators back on. She kind of knows there's no one she's screaming to. Yeah. And she knows also that Dr. Percy is a goner. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and there's this great little thing where she's like, doing calculations like she's doing like little math with her finger oh, it's like where she's it. oh so it's after she like comes down right after that clip ends and it's like she's charts like as if she's like following like a floor plan or like a, a list of ideas that's like invisible like with her finger and um and like kind of coming to the conclusion of like we're fucked and then there's this like whole rotating shot around her where Bailey goes through like four stages of grief as the camera rotates around her. The silent sobs. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, there's just the, the like sort of the resolution and then the wiping her tears with the collar of her scrubs. And then what I think is like the most powerful nuance is when she takes off her gloves. Cause it's like, it's, it's like the ultimate, like, yeah, this is over. 
and like I don't need to be wearing gloves for this patient anymore. And um, mm. and then she tells Mary that they should be on a first name basis now. And that we talked about this last week, but that was the thing I loved about the relationship between these three is it becomes it, it's no longer doctors and a patient. You know, they're just three human beings in the exact same situation. Yeah, this is this is this is the part where I cried the most. This part, I mean, it's just, and when he asks, "Am I dying?" Because in the first episode, yeah. she's like, "I will tell you when you are dying," and she says, "Yes, yes, Charles, you are dying, but Mary and I are going to be with you the whole time." And just like just the talking through tears of that sentence, and just you know, she puts him like on her lap. She kind of sits down and puts his head on her leg, and it's. Oh, it's so beautiful and so sad. And I have a clip. Oh, yay. Yes. Yes, Charles, you are dying. But I don't want you to worry. I don't want you to be afraid. Because I am not going to leave you. Hey, Mary. 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 And I are going to be with you. The whole time. You are not alone. You hear me? You are not alone. I know I cannot give you. Oh. God, I what does this woman have to do for a goddamn Emmy? I know it is. I'm adding it to the list, like her and Sandra O oh both to to that, like Jane Krakowski, Steve Carell mm-hmm. list of. You couldn't give them just one Emmy right. one year. Well, I guess on the upside is that like, Chandra Wilson has stayed gainfully employed for like 19 years. And yes. Uh, is probably yeah, and like on the same show. I mean that that's something that I feel like is a real accomplishment. I mean even with even these like network shows we talk about that, you know, The, the Resident, New Amsterdam, you know, yeah. uh, Jag, you know, where it's like okay, I don't watch these shows, but they run for so many seasons, and these actors, like yeah, maybe they're not like on the cover of People magazine, but they are like working successful actors who are fully supporting themselves with with this job and like that is the one percent yeah it's the dream i mean she could she doesn't have to work again for like another you know i I just feel like she's getting probably paid so much at this point too that it's hard and like if she does want to work again i feel like it is harder to shake off that character because it is so ingrained in the fabric of pop culture yeah i feel like that was like i mean even though it's very different but i think that was like the problem like rain wilson has had is that yeah. people only see him as Dwight Schrute. And, I mean, you know, he also probably doesn't have to work another day in his life either. So Yeah, very um, true. Well, you know, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but do you know that Station 19 is like a spinoff of Grey's Anatomy? I think that's where Dr. Avery came from or was on oh, at some point. Oh, I feel like I remember seeing, like, tonight on a very special ep- like a crossover episode of station 19 and gray's anatomy and I, I remember so that that adds up yeah yeah so she's been on 19 episodes of that she's been uh you know she's been like in a few things here and there but like yeah certainly over the last you know 20 years like or i guess it's 2005 to 2022 so whatever the math is on that um gotcha. 
uh, this has been, yeah, paying her bills. And let's double check. Was she ever in an episode of JAG? <laughs> I'll just tell you, no. But she did play a volunteer in one episode of Third Watch, and I think that's worth something. There we go. Remember Third Watch? Do you know anything about Third Watch? I mean, I, I remember the title, but I don't remember. It's, yeah. Right? Well, like, here's, so Third Watch, because I, yeah, right. It's like, it ran for six years. Whoa. It had... Uh, 132 episodes. It was the exploits of a group of men and women who served New York City as police officers, firemen, and paramedics in a fictional precinct. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you anything other than what I just read in IMDb about Third Watch. But I did not expect six seasons. That's crazy. Guess who was in Third Watch for 111 episodes? Kim Raver, who plays Teddy on Grey's Anatomy. Oh my gosh. Jesus. We're learning so much today. Bobby Cannavale was in 38 episodes. We love Bobby. We love Bobby. Uh, anyway, just needed to recognize that, that indeed, uh, she may not have an Emmy, but but Chandra Wilson hopefully has a vacation home. I hope she's got like, yes. you know, uh, whatever she fucking wants, basically. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to it. Owen enters the scrub room. This is really, you know, I did not see this coming. Because he enters April and Meredith are on the floor. And Meredith's like, oh, my God, thank God you're here. You know, Yang's in there with Derek. She told us to just sit here and look, but maybe, you know, not look, but maybe, you know, you should, you know, uh, you should go in there. And he's just kind of like looking suspiciously into the, the OR. And you think it's like, oh, okay, maybe it's just that Christina's doing open heart surgery on Derek right now. Uh, and he says, you know, she seems to be doing okay, but I'll just head in there and see what I can do. Um and doesn't scrub in. And that's when I was like, uh-oh, what's going on? Yeah, I unfortunately did see this coming because when I was looking up like stills for our Instagram post for last week, this is one of the pictures that popped up. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like, didn't want to uh, see it. I don't need to see that. Well, maybe, you know, maybe it made it a little less stressful because, you know, maybe it, it did it, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. also... Um, I thought this was like perfect from a writing standpoint about how like Meredith and April had to like not look and how right. like calm he was and just like the the sort of bait and switch we had here because I, Keon was telling me that his character was like uh, like an ex marine or something like that so he has like those access to be composed in a situation like this too it just it plays out so perfectly right like it it fits his character like this is not something i would expect from karev you know yes uh because indeed mr clark has a gun to christina's head while she is doing surgery Ugh. she's doing surgery at gunpoint i have a clip uh it, this is the clip of when owen comes into the room and it's i mean uh Sandra Oh, I mean, behind a surgical mask, just doing amazing acting, amazing voice acting in particular. Mm -hmm. Oh, just calm down, calm down. Tell me what the problem is. Owen. I'm here. Owen. Hey, whoa, hold on. Talk to me. Stop fixing him. <laughs> Let him die. Uh. Let him lie there and die. Do you want me to shoot you? Stop fixing him! Oh, no. Christina. No. Jackson, clamp the hilum so you can get control of the hemorrhage so I can get better visualization. Don't you dare. 
plant the hylum so I can see. You stay back. You stay back. Oh, and I can't stop. I have to keep going. No, I know. Just keep going. Keep going. You stop. Shoot you. Hey, hey! Just a woman that I love. You shoot her. You touch her. And I will kill you. And I said stay back. There's this one little moment where that she says to to Jackson. Clamp the highlands so I can see. And I just love that. Yeah, so I can see. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I do love that sort of Carl the Giant voice. Yeah. Right, and it's just like uh, all the little voices that she does. And was- she's like, like buckets of tears just pouring down her face. I feel at least like in my memory they were. Yeah. Oh yeah, she is just like a a mess, but it's like also not she's also just like still doing surgery it's just nuts it's amazing it's yeah. so good uh and so you know yeah mr clark is you know then has the gun on owen and you know holds him back brings the and as he's putting the gun back to yang's head that's when meredith enters in again a rare moment of selflessness for meredith gray yes. and uh i have a clip shoot me You want justice, right? Your wife died. I know what happened. Derek told me the story. Lexi Gray is the one who pulled the plug on your wife. She's my sister. Dr. Weber, he was your wife's doctor. I'm the closest thing he has to a daughter. And the man on the table, I'm his wife. If you want to hurt them the way that you hurt, shoot me. I'm your eye for an eye. So the little moment in here that sounds like the little uh, wobbly mumble that she does earlier is like, and the man on the table, which I think is right here. Let's see if I can find it. I'm the closest thing he has to a daughter. And the man on the table. The man on the table. (laughs) I also like Christina going, Meredith. Meredith. Fairly when. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Was my friend. <laughs> was my friend yes it's such a, i mean i think this is a great moment for ellen pompeo i think this is beautiful writing a great shondalog here yeah this is a and and again i'm like they've killed her before i don't know if they're gonna get her, have her shot again i don't know what's gonna happen uh but uh avery tells christina to raise her hands she says just trust me just raise your hands and explains to Mr. Clark that Derek is going to, you know, bleed out and or, you know, his heart will fill with blood and he'll die soon on the table. And then Derek flatlines. And, you know, I'm like, I know Derek is in future seasons. So, like, I, I can't act like I don't think I know I'm going to how this is going to end, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Meredith is just sobbing on the floor. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Mr. Clark leaves. Avery and Yang work on restarting Derek's heart. Uh, and I, I, this moment was great because, you know, Meredith is sobbing on the floor and Christina, of course, like needs to take control of the situation again. And she says, Dr. Gray, is Owen dead? Like mm-hmm. what it reminded me of was, uh, was it the first Gray's episode we did this month where uh, all day Meredith is wondering if Derek Picture chose her, love her, loved her. And then he talks to her like a doctor. He talks to her like she's a patient and he's a doctor. Yes. And says, you know, oh, well, you should take some aspirin. It'll help with your hangover. And that's how she knows he didn't pick her. 
and I just think it's interesting in this moment where she's like, it's it's this kind of like if we switch into professional mode, that will kind of like get the message across, you know? Yeah, snap her out of her because like she already. I mean, she kind of snaps to it once they realize once she realizes that Derek is alive still. I'm kind of surprised that she didn't know what was going on, like that sort of like party trick that Dr. Mm-hmm. Avery pulled, but at the same time, you know, she girl is stressed, so uh, right. I, I get it. Um, but yeah, I, I love that tactic too. Yeah. Uh, you know, we go back to, because uh, at this point then, you know, uh, Yang is going to work on Derek and, and tells Meredith to take Owen into the other OR to, you know, with April to help remove the bullet, you know, and there's the whole line about like, I'm trying to save your guy. Go save my guy. And I'm like, I know. I loved it. Oh though. my God. That's so like high school with scalpels, you know, Ugh, that's I such a high school it. with scalpels moment. Yes, yes, yes. So we go back to Bailey and Mary and Dr. Percy and his last moments. And, you know, he tells Bailey that he's always had a crush on Dr. Reed and, you know, to tell her that he's always had a crush on her and that he loved her. And of course, Dr. Reed is dead. So, Oh, that's right. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, a, a lot of this episode, I just sat there like staring. I do have notes, but I, I just didn't put it together. So yeah. I, I didn't, I mean, like it wasn't until the second watch. I was like, Oh yeah. Oh, and she's dead. Oh, maybe they'll see each other in heaven. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, that he wants to be remembered that he, he you know, died bravely. And, he want, you know, to tell people that he died being really brave. And this was cool where she was like, you know, she says, like, you you are very brave. And, like, I'm the one, I'm the coward for lying and just saying that I was a nurse, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, I mean, I, I assume this is also taking some, insp- I feel like this was a thing that happened at Columbine where someone was like, asked if they were a Christian or, you know, believed in God, and then they shot her. Oh, Jesus And Christ. I feel like that's what this makes me think of, is oh, like, I, I see what you're saying. you know, of like, so, yeah. So it, it just, you know, Grey's Anatomy, you know, makes you think. Anyway, um, you know, he, uh, he tells Bailey that she was always his favorite doctor, and then he dies. Mm. I also, just to give Mary another shout out, I, j- I love when she chimes in, like when um, Dr. Percy says, like, I wonder if she ever knew. And she says, she knows. Girls always know. Yeah, I, I felt like I this. like, all right, Mary. All right, Mary. That's nice. But this was really where it was like, I, I wasn't thinking of them as two doctors and a patient at all. You know, like, yeah, it was. And, and you just don't see that in these shows where there's like that real leveling of like, oh, there's no hierarchy here anymore. Like the, the quote unquote patient is going to survive. One of the doctors is about to die. And the other one just had a fucking meltdown in the elevator bays, you know? Yeah, and it's interesting because Keon told me I was under the impression the entire time that um, Mandy Moore was going to die at some point. So I was like waiting for that. Yeah. I was like, is she just going to kill over? I'm just like, I'm looking at my watch. Like, you don't have that much time left. There's only eight minutes left. In the right. Episode. You know, someone's got to take her out. So uh, apparently her narrative continues into the next season and she uh, I read about this. I don't want. I well, I'm just going to spoil it. It's too late. Uh, I guess they go. They do <laughs> surgery on her. To, they finally do the surgery, and then sh- they can't get her awake again. Oh, and so it, she does die. So, so Keon was half right. So Keon was half right, but he he was right. She dies, but she doesn't die. Meredith, uh, you know, she is basically using the same force that she used to shove Christina into the shelves in the supply closet to keep Owen down on the table. Well, she and April are working on him, and that's when she has a miscarriage. And it's, I mean, it, it's an interesting parallel that I, I, 
don't know if they fully discuss in the next season where Christina is doing surgery on Derek with a gun to her head and Meredith is doing surgery on Owen while having a miscarriage. It's a lot. It's like Pedro Almodovar a lot. You know yeah, what I mean? right. I, it's, it's almost, I, I was like, do we need it? Do we need this? But also, I guess we do. I mean, it's Shonda thought it was important. And yeah. To, it, it was just like, we've dealt with so much this episode, like, and now this is happening. I mean, she really packed it in. I know. I know. And, and it's, I think what I liked about this was that while it ha- was happening, you know, instead of kind of playing it as like another kind of trauma that was taking someone down, instead it was like Meredith was like, just keep going. Just get me this. Get me this, the lidocaine. Get me the bandages. You know what I mean? Like, we just need to keep going. And I thought that at least, and, and also kind of in comparison to Christina with Derek, like, it says a lot about, like, their relationship and their connection that, like, they both continue to work on the other person's partner while under severe duress, you know? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, so it's, you know, just an interesting note in their, in their friendship. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, meanwhile... Finally, Richard finds Mr. Clark. And I presume this is in the room where Mrs. Clark died. Oh, I like that. That was what I assumed. and Because it, it just seemed too convenient to find each other. And so, um, and the fact that he was sitting in there waiting. So, um, you know, there's of course some, you know, uh, appropriate commentary on just how easy it is to get a gun at the superstore. And we all want to say Walmart, but they can't say Walmart. Yeah. Uh, but let's just say Walmart. It's that Walmart. Uh and, you know, talks about how he had gotten all this ammunition, you know, got a lot of it on sale, but ran out of room in his pockets because he wanted to bring his flask thinking that he'd need a little Dutch courage. And this is where we should be reminded that Richard is a recovering alcoholic. So there's even another tie-in, you know? Yeah, I thought that was so clever. I, I remember that from the earlier seasons. And, and Keon was like, he's an alcoholic. And I was like, I know he was. Oh, I know. Snap. I saw the chip. <laughs> I know. I know. That's right. Yeah, the chip. I saw the chip. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, Mr. Clark, you know, admits that he has one bullet left and, you know, has to decide whether he's going to shoot Richard or, or shoot himself. And, uh, you know, and Richard's basically like, well, you just need to decide, like, do you want to kill me and spend the rest of your life in prison or do you want to kill yourself and, you know, maybe spend the rest of your life, you know, spend the afterlife with your wife. And again, the writing was so smart here in that the episode starts with April pleading for her life by talking about all the ways that she has not lived. And then Richard has this whole speech, which I have a clip of, of all the ways that he has lived and is not afraid of death. So here's Richard. I've lived. I mean, I've really, really lived. I failed. I've been devastated. I've been broken. I've gone to hell and back. And I've also known joy and passion. And I've had a great love. See, death for me. It's not justice. It's the end of a beautiful journey. And at this point, this is as the, the the SWAT team is moving, you know, clear moving into the hallway, and we hear a gunshot in the hospital room. And uh, you know, who knows? It could have been Richard. But I know, I love that. Yeah. So we get a soft rock montage. Lexi's at Alex's side at the other hospital. 
uh, Christina and Jackson are trying to save Derek. He's starting to crash again. Mary and her husband get reunited outside. I'm just wondering where the fucking pizza went. Because if I was Mary, I'd be like, take the bag out. We're going to Domino's, honey. You know? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to live. And uh, also a bit reminiscent of the episode, maybe the second, I guess the second one we did when when Bailey has that whole thing with Omar through the door, you know, in oh, the yeah. plague episode. And at the very end of the episode, she's just like slumped on the floor like a pile of laundry. And she's basically a pile of laundry in a coat standing on the sidewalk at the end of this episode. Yeah, just shattered. Yeah. And she really, from like the little I saw of season seven, like there's a lot about like, you know, after this, she like leaves Seattle for a month and goes to her mother's with her kid and like is just like very shaken. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's just it's it's particularly interesting with Bailey because she is such a tough figure that like to see her struggle with this is so unique. Yeah, I mean, I would need a year off after this. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. I would never go back into that fucking hospital. I would yeah. never go back in. I would go work at a, like, a dialysis center somewhere. With You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, uh, and I feel like this is something that, and, and they do address this a bit going into season seven as well, is the ways that, obviously, trauma cues people to make huge decisions like Callie and Arizona deciding that they do want to have kids now and 10 of them to be exact and kissing in the parking lot. Yeah. She's like, I can't live without you and our 10 kids. It made me, it made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, uh, they've got a new lease on life. Uh, Derek uh, is finally stabilized. And uh, there's, there's this great moment where Christina still with her mask on, she makes like very meaningful eye contact with Owen and then with Meredith, you know, like there's just this kind of like unspoken moment that she has with each of them. Yep. And she just like looks up and sighs to side with her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I guess there, there, there was, there have been tensions between Jackson and Christina. And so this moment of him, kind of coming to the rescue with this idea is uh you know one of those like oh well guess you're not so bad after all so i think when he's like you know when she said you know remind me to thank you i think it's kind of uh informed by the fact that there've been a lot of there's been a lot of tension between them up until this point got it so at the very end of the episode the end of the season is uh meredith throwing out a pregnancy test and you know uh spoiler alert she tells Derek in episode two of the next season so it's not a long mystery um and that is the end of death and all of his friends the end of the active shooter saga the end of our bsas of the early days of grays how do you feel i feel uh emotionally exhausted but in the best way possible yeah i think that that's that's that sounds like gray's anatomy uh yeah, these this I mean, we usually don't do such like beat by beat recaps. This was uh I'm exhausted. I can't wait to just queen out on things casually next week, whatever it is. I know. Oh yeah, my I can't god. That, uh, that we reached the end. I'm so happy and that we decided to do this, that to visit. And I've never seen the shooter episode and um you know, I've obviously I've seen the poll episode too, but uh, just revisiting these women and now we have a whole bunch of, you know, inductees for the Westons this year. Yeah, I mean, really, there, I, I think this is something that, you know, we've kind of talked about here and there for a while. And finally, it was like, you know what? 
let's let's go revisit Grays. And I'm glad I did. I you know honestly, I'm I'm kind of at a I don't have much on my on my docket of things to watch other than the 8,000 seasons of Drag Race I've been covering in All Right Mary. So like this is a nice thing to slip into, you know? Yes. I I thought it was a perfect little a little jaunt here. Yeah. Um, well, uh, well, our BSAs of the early days of Grays may be over. Our episode is not because we have one more segment as per usual, our BSA of the week in which we queen out on a performance or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives. that's acting as the best supporting actress in our life. Uh, what do you got? <laughs> I have two things. I'm deciding which one was actually my, I think, I'm okay. I know the order now I have a nominee. Um, and I believe that you follow him on Instagram and I'm, I'm assuming you saw this because I don't know how you couldn't have, but if you haven't, I'll send it to you after we record this episode, but it is, uh, Kevin J. Zach on Instagram made this amazing, I don't know if it's like a trend that's happening, but basically a, a best supporting actress, like a version of Madonna's Vogue when she goes like Greta Garbo and Monroe Dietrich and DiMaggio, but it is all best supporting actresses. Have you seen it? Oh, I'm very familiar. It's character actresses, but I, I, oh, yes. I mean, just to give it, you know, it's proper due, but to me, one is, is, you know, interchangeable with the other. Yes. I, uh, a few people sent it to me. I, I saw it and I've also seen part two. Oh, I know. I'm so glad he made a part two. Mm. I feel like there were so many comments. Right, right. You forgot so-and-so. Yeah. Yes. And it's just so funny and clever. I just, I love that it exists. I loved it. I, it was, I mean, I, it felt like, oh, this is what it feels like to see content that is so targeted to you so specifically this is what it feels like to be seen you know um but then there's also the fact that like okay this also isn't about me at all so what this means is there's a lot of other people who would see something like that and just like light up and so that also makes me feel less alone in the world you know yeah i it is it's our key demographic really. yeah yeah i have uh i have one bsa of the week so i had mentioned earlier you know to put a pin in some, you know, future Grey's Anatomy talk because I, I kind of stumbled on it and then realized, oh, this is the musical episode. I saw the musical episode of Grey's Anatomy. Oh my gosh, how is it? Is it cringy? Because I just, I don't think I could even watch it. But is it worth it? I mean, I kind of think you need to. So it is season oh. seven. Okay. Um, in the the the, well, I don't know why Grey's Anatomy. Why why Grey's Anatomy? That's the name of the show. Why IMDb doesn't want to tell me what the episode number is. Oh, episode okay. eighteen, season seven, episode right. eighteen. It is. I mean, it really is the Sada Ramirez show. She pretty much has like eighty percent of the songs because she's eighty percent of the singers on Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Uh, I would say that it is 80% cringe and like 20% well damn that was effective okay and i'll say this ellen pompeo has a great elevator crying speech that kind of comes out of nowhere and it's kind of like of course you got to make it all about you in the end but it is a great acting moment and she really does sell it so i kind of think you should watch it the episode is i mean what happens is that, uh, and this isn't a spoiler because the episode opens when this has already happened. 
Arizona and Callie get into a car accident and mm. Callie is thrown through the windshield and she's pregnant with their baby that Mark, oh you know, fathered. And so I think the sit the the, the meaning of this is like um Callie I, I think it's like the things that Callie still remembers or can hear. Like they say like with brain trauma and Alzheimer's and things like that, sometimes people's like people can still hear and understand music like mm-hmm. at, at very sure. sort of like, you know, late stages, so to speak. And so I think it's all meant to be like, this is how a Callie on the edge of death is like envisioning what's going on around her. And mm-hmm. it's, there is one part that th- there's two songs that made me cringe painfully. Um, but I kind of think you should see it. I think, I think I should, I think it is such a, it is so surreal, especially after what we just went through and like such like real acting and real narratives and like seeing all of those same characters then do this. I mean, we're not really doing best supporting assignments right now, but if I could, I think you need to see the musical episode of Grey's Anatomy. All right. I'll give it a whirl. Uh, there's there's no active shooters. Um, yeah, I think I need a, a palate cleanser here. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to spoil it. Callie doesn't die. So, like, sure. then you don't have to go through that suspense the whole time, you know? Um, yeah, you should watch it. All right, looking forward to it. Yeah, I feel like I've seen little clips, and I was like, I don't know if I can. But um, it's I, I, I'm I, looking forward to it. I, I mean, it's it, it has to be... Uh, one of the strangest choices I've ever seen made. And Shonda Rhimes wrote the episode. So after we've had all of these other like Shonda episodes, if there's a, there's a continuity in that she also wrote, she wrote some of the best episodes and one of the weirdest episodes. (laughs) Sure. It's a roller coaster. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, great. I'm looking forward to that. Maybe I'll probably watch it at some point this week. Probably with Keon, too. I'm sure he'll, he would oh, want to give that over yeah. to. Yeah. Um, lovely. My BSA of the week is, uh, I guess, like an experience more than anything. A viewing, of course, of a movie. I started watching uh, The Lord of the Rings. I watched the first movie. I mentioned it a while back. Yeah. And I have not started the second. And I was looking for something last night just to start and so i started the two towers and i also smoked beforehand and i it was like a religious experience i got my life i was laughing i was like i was so into it i was gasping at because i have no idea what's gonna happen and there's some there's just like some rough edges around it it was 2002 right around that area oh like sure so (laughs) like the for as like amazing as it is, as far as like from a, uh, what's the word? Like special effects. There's some parts that are just so hokey pokey that I couldn't stop laughing. And I just, I had a great time. I was just, I didn't think I would love it as much as I am. I'm, I'm obsessed. I didn't finish it because it's like, it's like four hours long. Yeah, yeah. But I can't wait to, uh, you know, have another pup this evening and finish it off, or you know, at least chip away at it. Sure, sure. Let's not be, you know, let's not be crazy let's here. Not be crazy. Yeah. Um, well, you'll have to let me know how that goes. I have uh, one of these days. I'll just maybe I'll, I don't want to even like wish into existence. I was like, maybe I'll have the flu and I'll just stay home and watch. Lord yeah, it's, I don't. It's not your scene. It's not your scene. That's okay. I don't need to have the flu to stay home and watch a movie or three movies. There we go. For God's sake. But I, I, I kind of want to try. You know what I mean? I kind of want to see like what all the hubbub's about. You know. Uh, 
Yes. But, you know, okay. Well, I'm glad it's not a miserable experience. I assume no dogs die. Uh, no, not yet. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure some horses die, but we don't see it, you know? Mm, I just, yeah. there's so many expansive shots of like, where did they film it? Oh, gosh. I feel like New I Zealand? It is. New Zealand. Something like that. Yes, yes. I think you're right. Um, I don't know. There's just like all these smash cuts to them just like riding valiantly across. The, it's just, it's so so corny in a way too but mm. i still really liked it and you know to, to anyone out there who's a fan of the lord of the rings i am i'm in full support of the movies i am i can't wait to keep going so to be continued all right all right folks well i mean don't expect a bsas of lord of the rings anytime soon but you know <laughs> yes. we'll at least get a bsa of the week every once in a while lord of the rings well, you know, speaking of Lord of the Rings, actually not at all. I don't I we have no idea what we're doing next oh, yeah. week. I would say unless that is putting more work on than you on you than you want, I would be happy to let it be up to you given that I made you watch two active shooter episodes. <laughs> Yes, I'm like, what's what's the equi- is it like? Maybe we'll do Greece next week. Or yeah, something. right. Like, yeah, Mamma Mia. Here we go. Oh, Here there we it go is. Again. Here we go. Yeah, that would actually. I think that might be the that might be the equivalent is having to do Mamma Mia. Oh yes. I mean, you do like ABBA though. So I do like ABBA, there. and that's kind of what I hate about Mamma Mia. <laughs> it's like, why? What is? Why did you? T- it's like you took this. You took this beautiful meal and you just put it in the microwave. Oh, but Christine Baranski, Julie Walters, we got Meryl and Amanda Seyfried is, I know her voice is not like the best. She's not my favorite, but uh, there are some really, really, truly great moments with her and Meryl together. But, um, you know, I said that was going to be my birthday wish. So if we don't do it next week, we will do it eventually, listeners. So don't you worry. Yeah, yeah. Don't you worry. I'm I'm going to get my comeuppance sooner or later. But uh, <laughs> in the meantime, I think there's some like sad, some sad indie rock playing right now. Which, yeah, I think that's actually. I think there's a little chasing cars going on right now, which yes. is one of because all of the songs in the musical episode are Grey's Anatomy songs, and so yes. yeah. Uh, so if you want a, a really weird version of Chasing Cars, you should watch that episode. But uh, if you're listening right now, you're hearing a normal version of Chasing Cars while we tell you where you can find more of us. Uh, yeah, and you can find more of me uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Achanov, And you can also find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which is a Barefoot Contessa, Contessa uh, <laughs> recap podcast. And you can find more of me on All Right Mary, uh, mostly on Patreon right now, but there's free previews on the main feed for Canada's Drag Race, Drag Race Down Under, Drag Race Philippines, all, well, of varying levels of great seasons of TV right now. And uh, you can find me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance, or uh, you can find me on Instagram at Drucker underscore. You can find both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Now, if you are a Patreon, then your peepers are fully peeled because our next episode of season one of Smash is uh, is either out right now or will be out very shortly. It'll come out on Friday. And, of course, if you're on, listening on the main feed, you'll see a little preview of that on the main feed. And if you want to join us for the full episode and the full season and the, fir- and the first three episodes we've already covered, all of that's at patreon.com slash PSA pod. Oh, it's a good episode this week too. Nick Jonas. Oh my God. I have so many questions. I have so many issues. And uh, 
I learned that's a lot. All you'll say. And that's all I'll say. But I will say I learned a lot about how to be in the ensemble. And that's by having a solo at the end of the song anyway. Anyway, that'll make more sense in the Smash episode. And uh, that, as they say, is that. Let's waste time Chasing cars Around 